Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Off Script with Pastor Jared, episode two. In breaking news, the light was on, but the donuts were cold. What am I talking about? I want to tell you about a story that I lived through a few months ago that I wrote down when it happened. This is going to come out someday as a helpful story, and I'm going to retell it. And sure enough, today was the day that I thought about it. So this was in San Antonio, and um, my wife's younger sister was in town, and we were talking about uh, places that she's never been before to go eat. And I asked about Krispy Kreme donuts. I said, surely you've had a Krispy Kreme donut. And she said, well, I've had one at the grocery store, you know, at the the little kiosk or at, at the checkout counter or in the bakeries, you know, they'll, or at the fundraisers. And I said, no, 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 no. You've not had it until you've had it from the store with the red light on just coming off the rack. And it is so, it is like cotton candy melting in your mouth. So she said, no, I've never had it like that. I'll say, we're going to get in the car. We're going to go. So we plan a trip and the three of us are on our way to find a Krispy Kreme where the light is on. So we go out and we go to the Krispy Kreme donut place that I'd been before and we get there and the store was closed. Must've been a COVID thing. So I was already a little bit down. I was feeling a little bit nervous, but I said, don't worry. There's another one in town. So we go to the other Krispy Kreme, drive about 15, 20 minutes. We get there, walk up to the door, and they tell us, oh, sorry, inside is closed, but the drive-thru is open. So, all right, that's kind of weird, but we're going to do it. So we go get in the car, and I look just to make sure. Sure enough, the red light was on. The light was on, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so we go around to the drive-thru. We get the box of donuts. I ask for this many, many glazed. You got to get these certain amount, six glazed or so. And then also, of course, got my, you know, lemon filled and my other little things like that, sour cream. But we get it. We go park. I prepare. I've talked this thing up for a day, two days in a row. That's all I've been talking about. Get ready. Your mind is going to be blown with the hot donut. We open the box. A little bit of concern sets in because I see that little sweatiness to the donut. You know what I'm talking about? And so I pick up the donut. It was hard. Oh, no. I put it in my mouth, bite, cold donut. The donuts were cold. In that moment, I cannot describe to you the disappointment that I felt in my heart, the letdown, and and really the embarrassment because I had been building this up for somebody else. I, I was ready for her to take a bite of the hot donut and say, you know what, Jared, you're right. That was an incredible experience that you've just shown me in life. Thank you for that. But I was robbed of that because the red light was on, but the donuts were cold. All right. That should never happen. That should never happen. Krispy Kreme should be embarrassed that that ever happened. But I thought to myself in that moment, maybe God can use this in my life. Maybe at some point I can retell this story. And that day has come. So what does it look like in a church, when the lights were on, the red lights on, but the donuts were cold. Maybe you've been to a church service. Maybe you've gotten to know people at a church and it looked good on the outside. You know, you went to a church service. There was a band, there was a choir, there was a man preaching up on the pulpit and it looked like everything's supposed to look. But when you left, when you went home, you just felt empty. You just felt like, what What was that? What did I just sit through? Or, there's an emptiness. There's a disappointment. Well, 
you, my friend, just experienced the red light being on, but the donuts being cold. How does that happen? There's a lack of passion almost. There's a lack of power that's going on in a church like that. And so I started thinking to myself, what is that? Is there is there a way with the would God put a couple scripture verses on my mind where I could maybe break that down and see where that comes from? Well, I thought of a few uh, a few verses, and I was able to put together at least three points. I'm sure there's more than three, but uh, maybe you can help me come up with more than this um, if there's a comment section below wherever this is posted. But the first way that I thought uh, we could find out if the lights were on but the donuts were cold is, number one, is there a fire in the pulpit? Is there a fire in the pulpit? So everything really starts from the passion of the man of God who's giving the word of God to the people of God. So does your pastor unashamedly preach the whole counsel of God? Uh, are you working through scripture together? And when and when difficult passages come up, do you go to them unashamedly? Do you push? Uh, do you talk about the character of God in your church? Do you talk about uh, the attributes of God, the the power of God, or do you strip back and pull back and kind of uh, talk about more of a vanilla version of God? Uh, does the church speak God's word to each other when your church members are speaking uh, outside of the church gathering? Are you using the scripture as you talk to one another? Are you encouraging one another with God's word? I thought about a, a simple uh, a verse in Jeremiah 20, verse 9. Preachers love this verse. Maybe you haven't heard of it. I want to share it. Jeremiah the prophet says, If I say I will not mention him, meaning God, if I will not mention him or speak his name anymore, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. So Jeremiah the prophet says, if I, if I try not to talk about God, if I try to hold in the truth, if I try to avoid speaking about God, it's like there's a fire in my bones and it's bothering me and it hurts and it feels like I just can't keep this in anymore. That's a passion that we need. That's a passion that all of us, yes, the man of God in the pulpit, yes, but the people of the church the families, the Sunday school teachers, the the everyone involved in the life of the church needs to have that passion that says, if, if I don't have a burning in my soul for God's word, something's wrong with me. Something's wrong. So I think you can sense that at a church where uh, if there's not a passion about the word of God, if there's not a desire to speak clearly about God's character. So that's number one. Is there a fire in the pulpit? Number two, if the how to know if the lights are on, but the donuts are cold. Number two is, do people in the church seek to live out the teachings of the Bible in, in a way that accords with godliness? Do the people in the church seek to uh, live out God's word in, in holiness? Are we trying to seek after righteousness? Um, I, two, two verses came to mind. First, one of the churches in, in Revelation 3.1 had this said about them. I know your works. Jesus said, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Boy, that's something you never want to hear said about you. It looks like you're alive, but in actuality, you're not. You're dead. Paul said in the last days in 2 
Timothy 3, he said, in the last days, people will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They will have the appearance of godliness, but they will deny its power. So what does all this mean? It means hypocrisy creates death in the church. If we appear to have uh, lives of godliness, if we put on airs, if we act like we've all got it together and we really don't sin and uh, we have no struggles and, uh, you know, at, when we talk to each other at church, it's it, this kind of fake King Jamesy language and we all know what we're talking about. If we do that, but in our lives, there's no power, there's no real spirit filling well, that's going to create an effect of death in your church. And guess what? You can actually sense that when you're when you're there together with your church body. If we're not being real with one another, uh, it's going to feel like death. The light will be on, but the donuts will be cold. All right. Number three, the last point that I want to make to you of how this happens. I guess the question is, do we ever put what we learn into practice? Do we ever put what we learn into practice? Or are we a church that just studies constantly, but never actually does the thing we're studying about? Okay, uh, let me give you an example. If you have a knife, and it's a beautiful knife, and you sharpen the knife, and you just talk about how wonderful the knife is and how it could always be sharper, does it really matter if you never cut into the T-bone steak? Does it really matter? Um, if you have an awesome gun and you clean the gun and you love it, you love to oil all the little parts and mechanisms and you just talk about how shiny your new gun is, but you never fire it at the target, does it really matter? How, how much this hurt? It's hard to underestimate how much this hurts in the life of a church when all we do, if all we do is study and study and study and talk and talk and talk, but there's never a moment when we actually go get our hands dirty, talk to an unbeliever, pray at the prayer meeting, uh, go on mission, go see uh, the real needs in our city. Uh, actually get involved, counsel with somebody going through a real tough time. Um, rebuke somebody in sin. I'm telling you, there's a realness to the Bible. When you start getting your hands dirty, it comes alive. So church is supposed to be, the, the gathering is supposed to be a time when we are wearied from serving all week long and we come back together and refuel and recharge and are re-equipped to go back out and, and serve again. But if we've never put out, if we've never served, it's kind of like just sharpening the sharp knife. It, there's, it gets old after a while. Serving and getting your hands dirty will actually bring a power to the church. That's why, you know, when you're persecuted in your life, that Sunday gathering is so sweet because you just want to be around some people to lift you up because you've been out in the battle and you want to come back together and be lifted up by God's word, to be encouraged. I think it's two passages I'm sure you've heard of before. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And that's all good stuff. We do that stuff. We want to be trained. We want to be um, taught. But why? Verse 17 says that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. 
The whole point of being taught is to go out and do. This isn't, the church isn't a school just to pass the test. It's to be equipped to go out and do. Ephesians 4, 10 through 12, uh, 11 through 12 says that God gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. Why? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ. So if we're out working and serving, well, the lights on and the donuts are hot because that's that's the way to make sure that there's life. So just to recap these three things, uh, I'll go in reverse order that we're putting into practice what we study. That's going to bring heat and life and passion. Uh, we're living lives of godliness. We're not fake. We're not hypocrites. We're not Pharisees. That will be that will kill you faster than a lot of things will. You're not the whitewashed tomb, the picture of death. There's real spiritual life inside. And then lastly, there's a fire that burns for God's word, especially in the pulpit. Uh, that's there's a passion that you're not just hearing sermons from somebody that's just coasting, drawing a paycheck and coasting week to week. And um, you know, there, there's real fire there because we're wanting change to happen. So I want to close with this little poem. I quote it as often as I get a chance to because it's so good. C.T. Studd, uh, the final refrain of that poem, he says, One life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I am dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has been burned out for thee. Such a good such a good uh, thought that, man, I hope, I hope my life looks like the red sign is on and the donuts are hot. I want to be a guy who's burning with passion. And then the closer people get, they realize it's actually real. That's what I hope for. So let's not be a church. Don't be a Christian where the red light's on, but the donuts are cold. That's my encouragement to you today. This week's episode was sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody have a wonderful week. I hope to see you on Sunday. Go to a church where God's word is boldly, fearlessly proclaimed with fire and join that church as soon as you can. God bless.